Welcome back to Cool Clubs headquarters here in Scottsdale. We are here again with CEO and founder of Cool Clubs, Mark Timms. And today we're also graced with Gavin Robertson, um, founder of Accra and director of aftermarket and fitting for True Temper Sports. It is a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me here. It's always great to come back to Cool Clubs and to be able to talk about different products and different things we do around here. Cool. And this is a this is a bit of a special you know product. It links into Accra products predominantly. Um, but this is actually an S3 product, which is kind of an arm branch of our technology at, at Cool Clubs. Right. Um, Mark, lead us in. You tell us a little bit. Well, I, you know, I've, I've, for years I've been building stuff, and obviously for our fittings and stuff, we need to know what all these shafts are. And the OEMs have, you know, everyone uses different equipment, different different uh, different ideas on things. So we need kind of an apples to apples comparison of all the shafts that are out there. So uh, Gavin actually came to me, and I built one uh, a EI curve machine several years ago. Um, and Mizuno, a few other companies have it still, I think. Um, but I uh, just kind of wanted to get something that was faster, quicker, and gave us more data than everything else. So Gavin asked me about, you know, doing another EI curve machine. And I said, like, I better idea than that. Um, I just need an engineer to do it. Yeah, it's, it's funny. You stole some of my thunder there. But I've known Mark for almost 20 years. And uh, it's funny. We, uh, we had talked over the years about different things. And from the day I first met Mark, He's always been had a passion and, and, and wanted to know more about how different profiles, um, how different designs, how different materials and stuff affected um, the way uh, a product, whether it be a head or a shaft or grip or a ball, affected the, um, the, uh, the ball flights during a golf swing. And I mean, over the years, you know, you designed your own uh, EI machines and frequency machines. And, yep. and one thing I always, uh, I always knew, you didn't trust necessarily what OEMs or manufacturers or shaft manufacturers told you the product was, you wanted to know yourself. And I always thought that was really cool. Then you looked at the machines that Mark designed, they were always over-engineered and crazy with tolerances that were way tighter than anybody else in the industry <laughs> needed to be. And I thought that was cool. And so over the years, Mark and I have talked about this kind of stuff over and over and over, sometimes over some cocktails. And, uh, <laughs> and and the, the idea really was to really make a better widget. And from my perspective, being a golf shaft guy, uh, we always wanted to make things better, understand quality control, understand designs, understand profiles. And and so, yeah, exactly what Mark said. So I had come to Mark about potentially buying or, or uh, one of his EI machines. And, um, you know, then Mark sort of came up with this, this thing, well, we can do better than that. Right. And it was, and I'm thinking, okay, well, if Mark could do better than his EI machine, which was already ridiculously over, over engineered, um, let's, let's, let's talk about it. And, and certainly we talked about, uh, the idea of a, a all in one machine that could measure all different things on different planes. And, and it would take the, the human error out of the, out of the equation, um, all pneumatic clamps and things like that. And, um, yeah, from what I remember, you have to correct me if I'm wrong here, we talked about this a few times, and you told me your ideas, and it's like, this is so cool. And then from our perspective at ACRA, we had, we had brought on a, a student from Queen's University, which is a big university where we are, is very well known for engineering. And one of the profs there had come to me, uh, I don't remember how long, about 10 years ago. Yeah, probably when we started it, yeah. And, uh, and they wanted, uh, this, this kid, uh, Simone Grandin, um, was, was going to do his fourth year project and in the end he was a golf fanatic and and the profs they were trying to find something really cool for him to do it on and so he did a a project for us on on how torque affected flight in the ball and and he did a really good job and i'm not saying the results were necessarily but i learned a lot from it and so literally i think it was the pga show and correct me if i'm wrong but i think it was the pga show okay. i met you in a say a bar <laughs> <laughs> shocker and um no but um and, and we had a couple of drinks and i i remember saying to you 
I think I got a guy for your dream. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where or when it was, but yeah, you definitely did. You I, said, think I think it was I a couple days before the PGA show. Yep. And, and, and literally we started talking about it and, and literally, uh, within a few months, so I that was in, that was probably in January by, um, by March, April, uh, Simone had a summer job at cool clubs Yep. and, and that's where it all began. And the S3 machine was created. And, and literally I remember phone call after phone call after phone call from, from our place to your place, deciding what we wanted this machine to do, right. what you wanted this machine to do. And, and we threw in our ideas. And uh, and literally, it was just make a list of things one machine could do. Right. And well, way back when we had hot sticks technologies, right? When we started yeah. this, we had like five different machines. You had a robot. You're, you're yeah. still the only guy that's ever had a robot as a <laughs> right, club fitter. Right. You've had everything. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it used to take like an hour, and you know, to, to measure one shaft. And, you know, we got out of that probably 100 data points because we put in different machines, different machines. It just took forever. Um, um, so I just kind of came up with the idea of automating all this stuff and, and finding more information. Well, from, but, a shaft, from a shaft company, we're the same way. I mean, we used to met, we had a manual torque machine, a manual EI machine, uh, and a manual frequency machine. We used to do some zone frequency. We used to do, um, and trying to do EI one inch at a time on a shaft, I mean, on one plane, took forever. Yeah. And for us to create specs and specifications for a shaft, uh, it, was, it was crazy. And I think that that is probably where Mark's head's at with that, or how he got to this machine is that you're you're going through that issue at that time, as well as a bunch of other shaft manufacturers, and they've all got different tolerances, they've all got different um, machines, they've all got different people using the machines, and you've got to kind of centralise that uh, that way of measuring golf shafts, and then this machine really does do that. And I'm just listening to you here, and I've got so many questions <laughs> popping up in my head, and there's so much to talk about. But we're now 10 years down the line. I'm pretty sure you're right there because it was when I first got to Australia, like 2012, 2013, we started. We're on the cusp of 223. So, mm -hmm. And I think we've got a mountain of data, at least from a club fitting point of view. I'm sure you do from the, the shaft building point of view. And we're only just about to kind of tip over the, the edge of being able to understand it really, really well uh, from a fitting point of view. Mm -hmm. But I know that you've had some success using it for production of golf shafts. Yeah, so we use it uh, for two reasons. One, quality control. We can we can test randomly test um, a bunch of shafts over a short period of time, uh, and obviously the S3 machine finds any inconsistencies, uh, imperfections in a golf shaft. So yeah. we can see quality control very quickly with that. So that that's that's great. We have people running our running our shafts through this machine all day every day in some cases, and um, it's 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 great for that. But from my perspective, when it comes to sort of developing new shafts. Uh, it gives me a much better understanding of profiles, a uh, much better understanding of, of um, you know, what different profiles do uh, during a swing. Because one cool thing about the S3 machine is it's kind of a static test, but it's in a dynamic position. And Mark right. and Sib talk more about that. Yeah, I'll explain that a bit. And yeah. that, that was something that was really cool that uh, we started off one direction with it, and then we ended up by kind of move, uh, pivoting to a different direction with, uh, I remember it was force originally, then we went to kind of a, a specific bend. Yeah, we do both, actually. Yeah. yeah. And um, the, cool, the cool thing is it, it really gave me a better understanding of, of, of really what the profile of the shaft does and, and the, the small idiosyncrasies within a shaft. So, I mean, I would say our, our TZ, the original TZ5 and 6 were kind of the first shafts that we kind of designed, the TZ6 specifically. Um, it was kind of a wacky shaft. Um, and it was a wacky shaft because we started realizing that we could make a very stiff butt section and a very, very soft tip section. But if we lowered the torque down very low, um, we could we could still make it feel stable and have guys like Jason Day and, and Cameron Champ and some big hitters use it. 
and that, and that was a really funky design we probably never would have gotten to if we didn't understand um, the, the profiles that we were seeing. Let me touch on that. Like, uh, this is kind of a perfect time for me to delve into some of this. I, I use it as a fitter. So yep. I'll see these profiles that, that um, this machine spits out, which might be different to other EI profiles that we see, yep. even from other machines. It reads in the opposite direction, which right. is one yep. thing. Um, but when you say, right, okay, I wanted to build a golf shaft with a really stiff handle, um, relatively speaking, a very soft tip, and then up the torque. How do you come up, like, how do you concept that as, right, this is the uh, a product that's missing in the market and this is what it's going to do to perform well? Why were those the, those the parameters that you targeted? Yeah. So if, if, if you saw on, on the S3 data um, a, 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 an extra stiff shaft, an M5, that had a 17, 18, 19 tip section, so average, uh, average EI in the tip section, you would probably say it's too soft for most players. And, I mean, it, it just it, it's unique in the industry. But then you throw in a 2.2, 2.3 torque kind of thing into it, and you throw in a 120, 115 butt section, it actually becomes incredibly play playable. So the stiff butt gives them the control? Gives them the, 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 feel. the feel of stiffness, uh, the, 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 the strength of loading and unloading. It feels, it feels stable. Uh, even though they, they're getting some lag and stuff, when you, as we all know, torque, as, as much as anything else, it can affect spin a little bit, but, but basically it, it's a feel thing. It yeah. certainly gives it certainly gives you a, a, a much uh, stiffer feel. So all of a sudden, these guys with again on tour, guys with very very strong fast swings, um, and even that loaded quite hard, were finding that they were a gaining a little bit of launch because of the responsive tip, um, but the spin was staying down because of the the, the, the torque and the, and the strong butt section. So it, it worked, but it was something I probably never would have thought of going that direction if I hadn't seen that there was a void in the market for that. Yeah. Um, so, and then, and then it really, the, the next step, I mean, FX, which I think we have uh, up on the screen here, but... Uh, so let's just go through FX and kind of... Yeah, FX. Based on the numbers and... Can I go back? Sure, yeah, go Before for we it. go to S3, I, just, I knew you touched on the point. You said, hey, we measure static and dynamic, and you said, let's touch on that. Yeah. So yeah. I thought, let's cover oh, that okay, before we get into the product. Let me explain that a bit. So, um, you know, most EI curve machines, I mean, even the previous ones I've built and stuff in the past, um, use what's called three-point bending. So, basically, you have a, a, a shaft, and you put two, two weights, you know, two... two supports under about 10 inch span and you push the center and you see how much it deflects Then you move over an inch and you do it again you move over <laughs> an inch and you do it again um i mean that's great um it does actually give you the actual stiffness of that part of the beam but the problem is with a shaft you, you can't get those too close together because if you get them too close together you actually break the thing you just can't bend enough the other thing happens too is you know it ovals right in the butt section where it's thinner you push down and it actually bends and how do you measure that um so there's some issues with doing three-point bending on shafts so what I was thinking is, well, wait a second, you know, uh, really what happens when you bend a shaft and you put load on a shaft, you know, the whole shaft bends and, and it puts a it distributes that, that, that uh, pressure over the whole shaft. So how does it actually bend in that profile um, based on you actually moving it, how much, you know, it would normally move in a golf swing. So what we do actually in the S3, it's, it's based on what's cantilever uh, EI. Uh, and what that does is it holds one end, obviously, and bends the whole thing, which is what happens in a golf swing. And then we look at how it bends. So if you think you've got a really stiff shaft in the butt, you know, the, the, stiff will be, this, the shaft part will be pretty, you know, the butt start would be pretty stiff. And then it softens down when it gets to the tip. But you see the whole shaft, right? So you see all the way that comes in, into the head. And the most important part, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, in a shaft for the most part, um, you know, all, all parts are important, obviously, but the, the tip is the most important part. That, that kind of determines a lot of you know, how high or low it goes. 
And if you're taking 10 inch sections, you know, and you're measuring the tip of a shaft, you can't go past that. You're missing right? so a tip in the butt You're missing, section. yeah, yes. you're missing it, right? So you don't really see what happens. You know, you can bend the middle to 10 inches. You know how much it bends, but you don't know which side of the 10 inches, um, you know, is actually bending. Um, so it doesn't show you the whole picture. Um, whereas what we do, like you bend the whole thing, you take a picture of it, and you see how it bends. We're actually just looking at, uh, you know, the whole profile and how it would actually bend. Uh, that's why the name of the, the shaft, the machine is, it's called S3 because it's actually a shaft simulation system. So it, it simulates what happens when you swing it. And then we torque the whole thing and watch that as well. And obviously measure the frequency on multiple planes uh, and measure some other stuff as well. But the, the real key to it is, is actually being able to bend the whole shaft like a golfer would do and see what happens to it. I think that's super important. I, I mean, this is a complete sales picture on my behalf here now, but... You know, uh, I'm an independent fitter. We are an independent fitting company. We use all the brands. We're lucky enough to be good friends with a lot of people in the brands, such as Gavin from Acra. But we we run every shaft, not just shafts that we have in our matrix that we fit with. We right. run them all. We, we're checking them all. Uh, manufacturers send them to us to QA them, essentially, and see yeah. what's going on and run them against other profiles. So um, it's a really cool thing for our fitters to have, and we're going to actually start putting this on the website within some right. reason. Um, for free, so people can access some of the some of the data that we collect and start understanding the shafts that we carry and, and use. You know, in our because yeah, it's hard because you look at you know, Fujikara's website versus Mitsubishi, both great companies, both do a great job with all that stuff, but they measure in different machines. Um, so you know, they're not apples to apples. You know, yeah. three point five torque on one company isn't three point five on the society another. It's how long the the, the the clamping and how wide the clamping is, how long the beam is. Um, there's lots of variables, and, and they're not wrong. They're just all different. So keep, like a, keep an eye on our website for that next <laughs> yeah. year. You want apples yeah. to apples, you know, and you've got all the information here. Get yeah. a cool club and, and honestly, one of the most difficult things we do, and all club fitters do, and even OEMs struggle with this too, uh, most all companies that are kind of working on fitting software or whatever, um, or, you know, what clubs to put in your demo matrix, you know. So you've got thousands of shafts, you know, and you want, you know, have a, a demo matrix, whether it's, you know, an OEM's fitting cart with, you know, 30 shafts in it, or it's ours with hundreds, uh, or some competitors have hundreds. Um, you know, you want all different shafts in there. You want a shaft that fits everybody. Yeah. So you want something if somebody swings 60 miles an hour that gets high. Um, you want something, you know, at 100 miles an hour that kicks the ball higher and one that hit, kicks it lower. And you also want three price points. That's kind of what we look at. And that is the best segue. really difficult. <laughs> You've just created the best segue ever to now sweet into how did you create the FX series? You know, like this is right, it. Right. It's perfect. Well, first of all, I mean, understanding profiles is huge for, for cool clubs and all the fitters. I mean, being able to narrow down a specific profile for a customer and then being able to find three or four different shafts from different companies right. in that profile is something that it makes you the leader in a lot of ways when it comes to technology. Um, FX is really interesting. Uh, again, looking at the data we get from uh, the S3 machine um, and trying to delve into, get deeper into it, uh, one thing we looked at was EI. It's an obvious one. One cool thing the S3, S3 machine does is, is it takes an average of the butt section, an average of the midsection, an average of the tip section, but you can also segment out different points within along the way. Uh, so we do both. But um, the, one, the one thing I looked at is when you look at EI, if you have a, a very strong shaft, uh, we call an M5, an extra stiff shaft, and you have a ladies, a ladies flex shaft, the, the EI in each section is going to be much lower in a ladies, in a ladies right. flex shaft. So, I mean, if I look at uh, just a, a standard, uh, let's use a shaft where it's, it's 100 in the butt section, 50 in the midsection, 25 in the tip section, and that's your M5 shaft, uh, which would be pretty stiff in, in, in each section or pretty strong in each section. 
Well, the ladies' shaft of the same design generally would be significantly lower in the in the butt section, midsection, tip section when right. it comes to the EI number. So then we start looking at well, how do you compare a ladies' flex, a ladies' shaft to a to an extra stiff shaft and say they're the same? So we start looking at the percentage of the EI. So in that shaft that's gotcha. 150 and 25, well, that's 175 total EI. Yep. Okay. And then you look at the percentage of that 100 of the, of the 175, the percentage right. of the 50 of the 175, and the percentage of the, of the 25. So your total would be different for the different shafts. And but X the ladies, would be a higher total, the, the, the regular would be a different total, exactly. and would be a different one. But the percentages of how the stiff, the butt, middle, and tip so, are are similar. So we said, why, don't, why wouldn't we design? Because the FX line has always, it started off as Dimatch, and Dimatch has a really cool story to it with, uh, with fairy woods and hybrids that match the driver, and that's a whole other segment. But uh, the idea with the, with the latest FX line was, or the all FX lines, was to have a 100 series, which is basically a high launch for the average golfer, a 200 series, which is of a mid-launch, and a 300 series, which is a lower launch. In the past, we kind of looked at the tip section as being the most important part, and we always looked at tip section. But then we started looking at why wouldn't we make, ensure that all the 100 series shafts have the same pro, exact same profile? So we looked at those percentages, and we said, right. whether it's an M5 or an M1 in the 100 series, let's make sure the, high, the percentage of the butt section stiffness or strength right. is the same, whether it's a lady shaft or a extra stiff flex. So you'd have 100, 50, and 25 in the M5. And then reduce that by whatever. Yeah, six, right. 60, 30, 15. Exactly, because it might be 100. Uh, your total EI of the ladies might be 100. Yeah. Instead of 175. And then we did the same. So the, 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 100, uh, the 100 series is basically, again, very strong butt section, very soft tip section. But you can still make that, even though it's got a strong butt section, um, when you bring it down to ladies and your total EI is below 100, it really isn't strong. But it's but the percentage stronger is still stronger relative to relatively the other parts. exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the two hundred series we did more of a mid mid mid, and the and the three hundred series we did the opposite where it's it's a softer butt section but a very stiff tip section, and again no matter which flex you are no matter which weight you are, it the same uh, the same percentage of EI. Right. Is across the board of all the 300s. So this graph that we've got up here now, yeah. I don't know if yeah, uh, just let me explain the graph real quick. Up. So on the left side is the butt of the club, right? So that's mm -hmm. how stiff the butt is, and on the on the on the bottom on the right side is the uh, tip. So you can see those percentages he's talking about, uh, or how how stiff it is, and that's how far out, right, so on the bottom. Um, so like you said here, the uh, and the re and this is backwards compared to a lot of yuckers, and and the reason it's this way, to be honest, is because I put a clamp on the left. Yeah. So if you're looking at the machine, you know, it makes sense, you know, so. And, and I read left to right, so it works quite well for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you start with the butt end and keep going, okay, yeah. let's not go there. <laughs> but you've got the softer handle here in the 300 series, just like you said. Yeah. Um, and the stiffest tip. Yeah. Um, and then it's give a us little, the little, it's just the very, very, very butt sections a little bit up there. But basically, if you look all the way down, the 100 series is, is generally stiffer in the, in the butt section. And then get soft. They get softer at the tip, and then the 300 series goes the opposite. And then, so using this as a fitter, and <clears throat> this is kind of close to some of the profiles I see. Like um, I, I kind of see profiles sometimes that right, you know, stiff in the handle, and then really get down to soft, soft yeah, in the tip. Yeah, you see a lot of those too. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking probably like TZ6 mm -hmm. is more more like that, exactly. right? Um, and then a TZ5, which is a little more linear, maybe like softer in the butt, st you know, stiffer in the middle, 100%. stiffer in the tip. So. And I kind of been using that with, with players and over the years, you know, 10 years of using it, we've been trying to distinguish, you know, what are these guys feeling? 
only looking at the profile because there's so much other data it's overwhelming and you start looking at a talk right. number like how much can people feel of talk you know it's so hard but if you I've, I've tried to separate just pure profile and then you know use lots of manufacturers around that so I've seen guys that respond to stiff handles and soft tip and they just like them so then I just stick within that profile range and we try different shafts around that mm -hmm. um, and then same with like a I think your 360 series is one of the one of the best for those real high speed players, quick tempos, because it feels stout. Although the butt's softer, mm -hmm. it feels stout all the way through because the butt's softer. The relationship between the middle and the tip becomes more uh, aligned with each other, so you can't feel the differential of the shaft moving or unloading in the same way as a TZ6 would. Yeah, I think understanding the relationship, it's easy to say a softer tip shaft goes higher. And again, it's not for every player, but the majority of players, but. It's understanding a relationship between the, the tip section and the butt section. That's getting back to yeah. the whole deflection idea of, of the way we measure EI on, a, on an S3 machine is it's a relationship. It's not just the tip section. It's a relationship between the tip and the butt. Yeah. And that creates where the shaft actually bends. If you have a very stiff butt section, it's going to bend more in the tip section. So that's why generally it works that way. But it's not always exactly the case when you get the more in the middle ground. And understanding that, that the, the butt section does affect where a shaft bends in the tip, yes. how close the tip it bends. Yeah, yeah. Um, going back up to, we can look at some torque well, numbers. Let's, let's just go through the numbers real quick, and just from the top to bottom, just what numbers sure. we got. So, the, so we actually do list, uh, you know, all the manufacturer specs and stuff on the top um, of, of what they they're telling us about, and then, and then going through obviously the masses. We actually just stick it on a on a on a scale and measure it. So this is that's, pre pre cut mass. That's pre cut pre 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 paint. You know, some companies, you know, sixty five gram shaft to sixty five. Uh, some companies, a 65 gram really means it's 75, and they say, "Well, we finished trimming it, and you know, before we put the paint on, you know." But they're not all apples, apples again. This yeah. is actually what they weigh at 46 inches. Well, this is a good example, actually, of you know, you call them the 160, and it's 66 grams almost. Yep. Um, and and lots of people, you know, even your 50 series actually are near a 60. Well, the T the TZ the TZ line is now pretty much dead on. We actually the TZ line yeah. we actually did again from S3 machine a lot uh, when we looked at redesigning the, the new TZ uh, five and six. Um, we actually reverse engineered it. Normally, when, when shaft companies design, they design with an RRS flex and then work from there. And generally, the S flex or X flex is going to be a little heavier and it gets a little softer as it gets down to an R flex, especially these, these shafts here where we go down to a 40 gram double L flex in the 100 series. So because it gets lighter, you don't want to get too light. So we tend to start it at, at again, like an M4 stiff flex. With the TZ5 and 6, the new one we actually did is we made the X flex 60 grams for the 60 gram one and went downward so when you get a 50 gram m3 or r flex it's actually a sub 60 gram even though it says 60 on it right, right. so yeah, we, yeah. we actually have learned from a lot of this stuff to try yeah. and get it the other way around but i mean this is a perfect example where we're talking stiff flex shafts here so they are a little heavier than the stated weights or Right, the regular yeah. but if you got the regular flex, it would be more like 60 grams right i didn't know that yeah, yeah. and then obviously we got the you know the butt uh, but uh Outside diameter. Outside diameters, which is useful for our calculations for grip sizing later, and the tip diameter, obviously, uh, you know, that's pretty standard to industry. Um, the parallel length's useful because you know how much can you trim this thing and tip it, um, which will be another video. We'll tell you what happens when you do that. Um, <laughs> and then obviously we got the butt eye, butt EI, which is you know the, the average of that whole butt section, um, the the mid and the tip, and that's what Gavin's talking about and how you look at different ones. And and those you obviously see a pretty substantial difference on the tip EIs. On three similar weight shafts, you know, 21 on the uh, on the far left one there versus 27. That's, that's substantially different. Yeah, 100, 200, 300. Yeah. I, I always find with these numbers um, in the tip section, 
two, three, four points means something. Right. In the butt section, not if much. you have 10, 10, 15, 20 points, it's not as big of a deal. Yeah, it's, it's a percentage, right? Well, it's a percentage wise. Yeah. It's yeah. a percentage, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And an S3 launch is, is calculated, you know, based on its shaft bending about three three inches uh, at impact. You know, how much higher or lower does it launch than the average shafts we tested in, in that area? And that's key to look at because really obviously is. Gavin said, look, yeah. this is a high launch shaft that's coming out kind of mid. low, but it's, yeah. it's only relative to everything else we've got in the system. Right. And then obviously the, the mid ones, you know, quite a bit lower and the low ones, you know, that's substantially low. The most we see is, is two, two degrees is like the max of the crazy shafts. Uh, we don't see ever any more than about two degrees, uh, you know, total. Yeah. Uh, right? So get, I mean, just to give people an idea of like using this as a fitter, you know, we roughly know that the whole averages of all the golf shafts. If you're seeing a shaft at minus one, minus two degrees oh, that's launch, low. That's low it's going to knock that's, the that's ball a, a down. Yeah. And if you look at the S3 launch numbers, those are not just us saying, like a lot of the shaft companies do, you know, for marketing reasons, you know, this is a low, this is a mid. I mean, you always see all the shafts are, you know, high launch, low spin, because everybody wants that, but uh, they're not. There's yeah. almost <laughs> no such thing as an animal. Uh, um, but, uh, you know, these, these low, low, mid, and low are just calculated off the data we have, right? They're not just like, no we make them up. Yeah. They're just numbers that calculate those things. Yeah. Frequencies, obviously, you know, we use is basically the old, uh, you know, FM frequency machines because I used to build them for yeah. FM precisions way back when. Uh, but they're not, uh, you know, they're relative to that machine, but you can see they're all very similar. Well, I mean, plus or minus a tenth of a flex between all of them. So what we do, uh, one thing we do with Acra is all of our shafts within a family, uh, it's, it's basically a constant frequency technology. And so when we say, when we say M4, which this is here, whether, you, whether you're using a 40, 50, 60, 70 gram in either a 100, 200, or 300 series, you know the M4 is always going to be 200, well, 260 is what we like our stated frequency. Right. So we're then one or two, or one basically in each case. So the cool thing from a fitter's perspective with the FX line and all of the Acro lines is you can go, once you decide somebody should be using a 60 gram shaft, you can then go try a 100 to 200, 300 series when you're doing your fitting and know the frequency is going to be the same across the board. Right. Yeah. Or you can jump up and down weights once you decide M4 is right for a guy, or sorry, or you can jump it down flexes too and know that whenever you do get to a certain flex, you can go up and down weights. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Yep. And balance point is just, that's measured. That's a really simple number. You just basically balance it on something. We're probably not automating that, but it's too easy. Um, uh, uh, 23 inches from the tip section. Yep. So those are all pretty standard, right? So yeah. you would notice those, if you've got a high balance point shaft, we're trying to keep the swing weight down. Um, those are all changed, and, and that's plus or minus a couple inches, really. Those are all be of mid-low. Yeah. Yeah. Those are mid-low. Yeah, those, those are pretty standard. Nothing yeah. weird there. Uh, and then, obviously, we've got to build FMs and stuff in there. That's relative to some of our math, not so relative to everybody else. Um, but then we get uh, basically, you know, the launch parameters of those shafts. And, you know, these are dead on what, uh, you know, marketing says. <laughs> <laughs> or it's the other way around, actually. Marketing saying what the, you guys can't found out. Well, the good thing, well, the, from our perspective, our marketing is based around what the information we find from the S3 machine. So it's pretty easy for us. Right, right. And, and exactly. like I said, this yeah. shaft was actually designed using the S3 data. So it's, it's perfect. And uh, that's, that's the cool thing about it. Let's just touch on deflection. Uh, we kind of briefly talked about this before we got in. But it's a hard one to get anything out of, uh, yeah. at least from a fitness They all point of look view. pretty similar, you know. Um, yeah. And all shafts look pretty similar on this thing. So, I mean, it's, it's the way we measure it, so it deflects it. But obviously the cameras and stuff pick up a bunch of information. So um, when you when you tan to that and transfer it to the uh, EI curve, you can see the differences. Yeah. 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 And, that, and the EI curve, that really does yeah. show how crazy different these golf shafts are. Well, thank you very much for talking us through that. It's a great product. I love it. Uh, like I say, keep an eye on the website. Follow us on social media and check out all of our products. Make sure you go to acra.com. Yep. Acra.com. Acra
aquagolf.com and uh, and see all of Gavin's products and you know how high quality they're going to be. <laughs> uh, uh, we'll, we'll do more with Gavin. We'll talk about some other products from True Temper and Acra coming up. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys.